Hello, everyone. Wow, it's been a minute. And welcome back to the What Will Fergie Do podcast. Um, I've missed doing this. I am Olujimi, and I'm joined by Mr. Francis, and the man who loves to introduce himself. El Maestro, a.k.a. your favorite guarantor, is back. We're back, baby. Wow. I, I've actually missed this, talking into the mic. <laughs> pause, my G. Pause. <laughs> I was paused about talking into the mic. No, pause, man. Pause, man. Pause, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what you're pausing. <laughs> but anyways, um, how's everyone been? Um, it's been a minute, minute since we've um, talked to the fans. Um, why am I hearing some kind of echo? Oh, is that just me? Okay. Well, anyways, yeah. How's um, El Maestro? How have you been? Man, I've been I've been well, man. I can't complain. Like it's been so long that even saying like, how have I been? I don't even know how far back I yeah, should be talking. Yeah, uh, like you're like, where, where should I start from? Like, yeah, but, you know. But thank God, I'm I'm chilling, man. This, I should be back in those zones at some point soon. So. You know, maybe doing a pod in person. Who knows? Hey, we, we're live out here. I'm sure eventually we, we should eventually talk about doing something on like YouTube, I think, at some point. But anyways, 100%. Mr. Francis, wait, um, I think Francis is having audio issues. No, no, I'm not. I'm here. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> And then bring, bring me down talking about audio issues. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> what what are yeah, you said I'm here? Aha. <laughs> like Tada. <laughs> Yo, what's good? What's good, man? We're good. We were asking how you've been, like, because we oh, haven't like talked to the fans in a minute. Nah, man, I've been good. Um space of a month. I think I've done a lot of traveling. Traveled to like two, three different countries in like one month. But um, hey, I'm back in. I'm back in oh, Canada. I thought, I thought you just came to Nigeria. I didn't realize you were going to multiple countries. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I... <laughs> you know, you have to. You have to confusing your enemies. Uh, you know, them, you know. Them <laughs> you know uh, even even my my. University of Suya. <laughs> University of of Suya, you know. University of Suya. Shout out to my guys at University of Suya. They've always hooking me up um, whenever, whenever I'm around. Um, if you're around in Lagos, um, make sure you stop, boy. But uh, I should be home soon. I should be home soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. Um, the season, the season over. There's been a couple of changes in the club already. Um, Mr. Not enough. Mr. Eric uh, Ten Hag has been, you know, officially, officially announced. He's, you know, done. I think he's done like an interview with the Mayu Pod, and he's probably done a presser. I haven't, to be honest with you, I haven't listened to any of the things he had to say. Um, I've, I haven't been the most enthusiastic when it comes to United, considering um, the kind of season that we had. Um, worst season ever? Do you guys think this is the worst season ever for United? No, no, 100%. Maestro, you agree 100% it's the worst season ever? 
Yeah, I think I've um, echoed that before, but yeah, 100% worst season ever. Yeah, I think even... At least in, in is, my lifetime. Yeah, this watching, is the okay. one season in my lifetime where um, I did not even know when United was playing, who they were playing and things like that. Like, I really lost interest. And the yeah. scoreline or, you know, any news surrounding the club did not even shake me anymore. So, yeah. I don't know. This was a. It, I guess on one hand, it's a good thing that I can handle the United and, and that aspect. But yeah, this is one of those seasons that you want to forget quickly. This is one of those seasons that will test your fandom for real, like because I, I remember. I think the I think the camera the, the straw that broke the camera back was that four 0 to Brighton. Was it Brighton? Yeah, yeah. that Brighton. No, 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 that, that wasn't even the I'm, one for me. I think it was. Uh, Arsenal. Yeah, when we lost, I think remember what happened against Arsenal. Oh yeah, that was a penalty. No, no, it was two one or something or three one. I can't, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, three one. But anyways, yeah, I, I think after that, that Brighton, I just checked out. Like I, 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 I muted all my notifications for United on on ESPN. Yeah. I, I, I followed United because I don't want to be seeing anything from them. I'm like, um, I don't want to hear Pim from this club until wow. next season. <laughs> yeah, even to the point that I, I even hated hearing Ragnick's voice. Like, but I think Ragnick's I, voice has been coming for a while, though. What do you mean by it's been coming for a while? Like, I feel like you've... <laughs> I think you got to that point earlier than you checked out on United. Oh, much earlier. No, no, yeah. I think at the beginning it was... It was a breath of fresh air. It was something I've not heard before. But it became like, you know when you buy a CD on, on, on Hold Up in Nigeria and they write, they write, they write Jarul in front, volume one, volume two, and you realize volume one and volume two are the same, the same track. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, uh, we're giving a postmark conference about Brighton, which is a different game. But Homeboy is talking about we still need to buy 10 players. Like you talked about that in, the, in your pre-match conference. Talk about something else, man. But yeah, I start tired, man. I started. Of, of I guess you'd be happy to know that, like, he's not coming on as a consultant. Anyways, he's he's leaving the club, or he's probably already left the club already. I think. I, I, I it goes back to what I said, maybe middle of the season or something. What's the job of a consultant? And your hours are six hours in a month. Like, it, it, it doesn't make sense. You know, and again, they now give him the, the role of um, manager for Austria. I, and you wanted to do that side by side with, um, you know, my you consultant. I just didn't think it made sense at that point. I don't think it makes sense now. Um, I think Eric Ten Hag can come in, um, which he probably did already, have a conversation or, you know, a briefing with, uh, with, with Ten um, Ragnick and get a download of the season and whatnot and just. Make your own decisions from there. I don't know what Ragnick will have been doing in in, in that in that role, to be honest with you, for six hours. I, in a I bet you Ragnick um, strikes me as the kind of person that will have a dossier, and I use the word dossier for a reason. <laughs> that's 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 Louis Van Gaal. <laughs> you don't think Ragnick is? I think it's no, but I think Ragnick's strength is finding players, right? Yeah, it wasn't ever really coaching. Don't get me wrong; we were all excited for GGP. Me primarily. I'm still, wait- I'm still waiting for my t-shirt. Extra large. ETH. 
ETH. And ETH is not for <laughs> we're, Ethereum. We're, we're, we're moving. <laughs> we're moving on to ETH now. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick, man. <laughs> Don't get lost. <laughs> I, I thought they were already printed. Like, what's going to happen to those? <laughs> yeah, don't worry about GDP. We, we you know, uh, you yeah. see it. So, you see somewhere in like you uh, see somewhere like Lagos. those uh, those those Super Bowl champion shirts. You see no, somewhere like the loser of the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah like li- like now. Liverpool's 2022 Champions League jersey, <laughs> Champions League winners shirt. You probably see it somewhere in Mushi. So when <laughs> <Or> triple <or> <laughs> <support>. <laughs> yeah so now nah, i think i think um you know with with ragnick it just it didn't seem like i wonder who made the decision actually because if you i know you said you didn't listen to that press conference but in that press conference they asked him about ragnick and the answer he gave it just let me feel like uh, this is not this is not gonna this is not gonna work out. He almost said something like "ask the club" when they asked him about Ragnik. Oh, he said the question. I think like, the, the question was, um, uh, "What's his take on um, Ragnik's consultancy role at United?" Something I, like that, and he said, yeah. "You're going to have to ask the club about that." But <laughs> I make my own findings. And I make my own decisions, or something like that. Mm. And I just thought, like both of those were weird because, like, when they asked him about other things and other people, he he was able to like either sidestep the question or you know. The theme I got from the interview was he was trying to make sure everybody understood that he wasn't he was going to give everybody a chance. You know, when they would talk about players, like how many players do you need to get rid of, how many players do you need to ship out you know, on that performance and everything, he would always go back to like, you know, I need to make my own decisions. Like essentially saying like everybody's going to get an opportunity. It's not, you know, like, oh, the dressing room. No, no, no. This is all of us are in this together. Right. So I feel like. Isn't that kind of like, you know, fluff talk? I feel like almost every new coach in a situation says, I'm going to give everyone a chance. Yeah, but you that's not the only approach you could have taken, right? Like, if you think about the way that the players checked out, like, five How many games? We played, like, we didn't win. We lost the last, our last... Remember the last like, stat that I said? Four, five last seven, games. Yeah, seven yeah. away games. I think we only scored... Was it one goal or two goals? And two we considered 17. Yeah. And we con- two goals considered 17 considered- goals. And it's not like we're winning all the home games either, right? So it's like in our last like six, seven games, I, I honestly don't remember us winning any. Huh. Right? Just in, in general, like the last like seven, eight games, I don't remember. Like once we it just spiraled and it felt like one performance was worse than the other, than the other, than the other. So I feel like if another coach, if you think about the tone that was around United, another coach could have easily come in and said, I'm the law. Anybody that doesn't ship up is getting shipped out. You know, just set a tone <laughs> for everybody, right? Like, and nobody would, like, if if somebody came with that type of energy, think about, like, what you would imagine a Conte press conference would sound like on his first day at the job after the egg that United has laid. You would anticipate hearing things like hard work, you know, like all those kind of things. But, like, he, I felt like he wanted to, he didn't want to lose the players on day one. And I feel like he was making a concerted effort to let them know that, yes, you fucked up. Or at least look at all these people saying that you fucked up. But 
if you are willing to put in some work, I'm willing to still give you a chance. Unless your name is like Wambasaka, for example. You know, <laughs> the steady diet of names have been coming out of people that are not going to be at the club. Right. So we'll see how that goes. But he apparently he even met with or he tried to meet with like Lingard. He definitely met with Mata. Right. So these are people that will probably still be giving him information about what was happening in the dressing room. And I don't know how much again you guys didn't seem to follow anything. But after the season ended, when I say after the season ended, I'm talking about the same day, that Sunday that the season ended, three yeah. articles came out. One from Laurie Whitwell in the um, Athletic. Athletic. One from, I think, James Docker, like Telegraph. And then there was another one again by somebody else. I forget who it was. All of them were talking about, like, how terrible it was. And I just found it strange that, like, season ends and there's all this information about who's fighting, who, who's... They're not naming like they were waiting. It was but, like they were waiting. Yeah. They were just waiting for the end so that like all and i feel like they probably had those articles but they were waiting for the end of the season to just drop it but they had already accumulated some of that information yeah yeah, over the course of the last few games of the season that's crazy though damn i still can't like anyways let's 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 try and um laugh at ourselves um Some people might say we don't do enough of that, but I think we can make fun of ourselves. Uh, we all had predictions at the beginning of the season of um, how the top four will shape up at the end of the season, end of the 2021-2022 season. Um, I'll go first. Uh, I think mine was City 1, Chelsea 2nd, no, no, Liverpool 2nd, Chelsea 3rd, and my United 4th. So for starters, I was way off for United. I think when they finished six or seven. <laughs> First six. Nigga, relax. This nigga said I was way off. I was way off. And again, even though we finished like two positions from fourth, where I thought we would finish, trust me when I say I was way off <laughs> on the season. Um. Anyways, we'll go, Francis. What was your your top four prediction? <laughs> um. I think I had Man City first, Liverpool second, Chelsea third. Eh? Like, no, you had Chelsea first. You had Chelsea first. guy did not have United <laughs> first. You had Chelsea first. No, no, number one. Everybody, everybody wants to. Oh, I see what your niggas are doing. I see what your niggas are doing. Both of you beat United fourth. None of you. We finished second last season. We got Ronaldo, we got Cavani. Okay. You, you got Varane, yes, we got Sancho. Yes. You guys are telling me that you picked United to finish fourth. Who, 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 who wants to give my prediction for me? Okay. You all remember. Who wants to give my prediction? Okay. You know what? I'm going to go and look for that clip. Actually, there we so go. That there we as go. you guys lie, I can just uh, insert this clip into this. Nah, but in all, in, all serious, in all seriousness, my own prediction was I had um, Chelsea first, City second, Liverpool third, United fourth. Yeah, I think I think Francis were United for. I think I probably I I, I probably did third. Yeah, but I said it was going to be Jimmy, tight. Jimmy, you did third for for United. Yeah, I said it was going to be tight between Chelsea and Mayu, but I remember, I remember re, re, saying re, regardless. Though, let's go to uh, El Maestro. El Maestro, what? what is... <laughs> like we always do, we, we 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 leave the best for last. El Maestro, 
you know, like we always do at this time. I go with Spurs. in your tales of um, of United winning the league. <laughs> changes, <laughs> yeah, changes, yeah. Yeah, to be very like Francis. Thank you for reminding me about that. Um, before I give my prediction, uh, my uh, go over uh, what I <laughs> think I predicted because my memory is kind of foggy. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> niggas, niggas, I catching mean, amnesia. nigga, you forgot that you picked United third, no? And Francis <laughs> is claiming fourth, so yeah, my memory is foggy too. But um, you know, I want to like. We haven't, like, we didn't talk about ETH a lot, right? But, and maybe this is, okay, let me give my prediction, but I just want to track this question so I don't forget, because we'll have a lot of topics that we cover over the next few weeks. How do you guys, and again, this answer this question after I give my, my own answer of, like, my season prediction. Uh, but how are you guys feeling in general about ETH and about you know, the prospects, like we haven't, not like prediction for next summer or anything, just ETH, knowing that the summer is about to start, we're about to get into the transfer window. So between ETH coming in, Ten Hag coming in, and the reorganization that is going on behind the scenes at United. So just track that question. Okay, so now back to um, my good old predictions. I think, and I'm going to start from Garantor. the bottom. <laughs> I think I had Liverpool fourth. I think I had City third. And then I struggled to remember if I had United or Chelsea. <laughs> when, when your Garantor is struggling, you're in trouble. <laughs> nah, never that, never that. No, I had Chelsea second and I had United first. And like obviously needed to say, um way off, way <laughs> off in terms of and that's why I didn't appreciate Jimmy saying I was way off. Like nigga, relax. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, I was way off. I think there were obviously um a lot of factors, you know, uh Mitigated circumstances that led to the <laughs> prediction being as wrong as it was. Like, who could have foreseen green words? My nigga using yeah. big words. <laughs> <laughs> Mitigated circumstances. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I went first. You know, I went first. And, I, and again, like, United finished second the season before. Granted, and if we're being fair, I distinctly remember saying that when I close my eyes, I cannot see Ole lifting the trophy, right? So even when I even when I went first, I I prefaced it by letting you guys know that I just couldn't envision a world where Ole was carrying the Premier League. However, in no world when I closed my eyes did I see us finishing sixth, damn near seventh. If West Ham could just have put the, gotten their act together and finished and won the game that they were supposed to win, or even draw the game they were supposed to. To get so yeah no uh we off but season is over and that's the best thing we can say about that season um and you know on to bigger and better things i have a lot of optimism for the season coming ahead i tell you <laughs> unbridled optimism I, I can't even contain my optimism that's how i'm that's I'm, I'm, I'm charged up you, you know larry always charged up at the beginning of or prior to the beginning of the season you know, with your um, anticipations, predictions, and whatnot, but um, yeah, you never, you never fail to deliver. So that's that's cool. 
Garanto. So we, before before we go into the the question I asked about how we feel about ETH, um, I guess you guys think now that the season is over now, I guess we can tie a bow on this. Do you do you guys think Social would have done worse with this team? Hmm. Actually, that's a very interesting question, though. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, because I, 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 I know everybody wanted him out, but looking how now that we you know, that we have the insight of seeing how the season ended, do we think it would have ended any differently if we kept social, or do you think it would have been worse off or better off? Just be, if I if I could go first, um, just because when Ole was still in charge, um, we were losing, like we were having similar results, so I think the change was necessary. No one, you know, had the foresight to see that um, Ragnik, you know, the R in Ragnik is, is there to complete fraud, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, no one had that foresight to, you know, see. And no one really even thought that all the videos we were seeing of Ragnik were in 2018 when he was talking about Bijan and this and that. Bro, that's like three years. So, and we don't know if this so guy we didn't, we didn't... then. We didn't carbon date the videos. We just, man, we just the, ran the, with it. The grass is not green. It's not always greener, man. The grass is not always greener. So we got this guy and, you know, we're excited. if you remember the first game, Crystal Palace, in the first half, you see how we were playing Crystal Palace. Like we were doing the game, game press, da, da, da. Yo, we thought this, you know, this was, this was change. This was the change we were looking for. Lo and behold, you know, it mm-hmm. went down really quick, like really quick. So, I can't really say if Ole will have steadied the ship later on. I, I, I don't really know. You know, it's not, it's not a straightforward answer. But knowing what I know now, if I know what I know now, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I think Ragnik was necessary. It was a necessary evil to come in and call out a lot of shit that was happening in that, cl- in that club. So I think, yeah, I, I would have still gone with Ragnik. Oh, Maestro? Yeah, no, same, 100%. I, I, I feel like Ragnik answered a lot of questions for us from the standpoint of the players, for example, right? He himself was underqualified eventually. Like, no, under, un, underqualified might be too strong. He was out of touch. Like, he hadn't coached in almost eight years or something like that, however many years. Um, he had adopted, like, I think what we thought was that we would get a pressing system, but... Ultimately, because he wasn't the head coach, right? Like if we had gotten Conte, for example, I don't know. I I think we would have been better, but it would have also been a result of him being a permanent coach and the consequences of your performance carrying over into the next season as well, not just this season. And I think Ragnick didn't have that power or the authority to do a lot of things that he might have wanted to do, along with the problems that he put on himself, right? But if we had only Ole, we would still think that the problem we had was primarily just coaching. And I think having the players there and having someone like Ragnick who was able to talk about what was happening in the locker room, it gave us some insight into the type of dysfunction that's happening behind the scenes right so i think that's where you know to francis's point i wouldn't have, i wouldn't trade um you know firing Ole or ragnick 
Yeah, I, I think we it's a yes across the board for all three of us. And like we said, even though people like Mo and to some extent LVG was trying to tell us what was happening in the back end for the club, for some reason it took someone like Ragnik coming in for us to actually like everyone believe like, yo, these players are, number one, they have too much power. And number two, there is no leadership behind, you know, closed doors that is really you know, strain the club in the right way. And hopefully with the changes like we, uh, Larry had mentioned, um, with some of the new positions in place, I don't know what the positions are to, because again, I haven't really been paying attention, but I'm just saying that there's some changes in the back end. Hopefully that can, <laughs> that can lead into, you know, more optimism for next season. Because, you know, like Larry said, he's he has abundance of that right now. But anyways, um, let's go back to Larry's question. How do I feel about ETH coming to the, into the the club. I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm very optimistic. And the reason why I say that is because I just I feel like we've been here before. In terms of getting somebody new and we're like, oh like, oh, is a new guy, he's gonna do this, he's gonna do that, he's gonna do that. But for some reason I still don't trust the uh, who took over from uh, what's his name? The new CEO who took over from is it Richard, Arnold. Yeah, Richard Arnold. Richard yeah, Richard Arnold. Arnold yes, uh, like everyone, every podcast I've listened to that they've talked about Richard Arnold, they, they've said he's his own kind of man. He wants to put his imprint on this, and I hope that's true. But going from past experience, uh, how long has it been since Fergie left? Like seven years? Nine, almost ten. So Nine years. Yeah. Years. So think about years. that. So. It's been 10 years since Fergie left. And even when Fergie was there, I'm sure he was, because of the stature, he was patching some of the cracks that was there, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. So, even with Richardo coming in, like, is he going to be have autonomy in making decisions? Or is he going to let the football people actually make football decisions? I don't know that yet. I don't think anyone can tell me that for sure, that that's going to happen, which I think is what hinges on what... Like letting the football people make football decisions is what's going to determine if this change is going to work or not. Is the way I look at it. No matter no matter the amount of coaching you put on the field, if you you can take somebody off because you think his value is this or his value is that or someone like uh, Maguire, if I can't bench him because you guys think he's paying, you guys are paying him too much, then it doesn't matter how much coaching I do, right? That's yeah. the way I'm looking at it from from that perspective, and I, I and I'm saying all this to, to say I really hope I'm wrong, right? But in the last ten years, the United hasn't shown me anything different. But Francis, what about you? Um, no, I agree with a few of the things you said, and obviously, experience is the best teacher. We've been here since 2013, and there's always this newfound excitement when a new manager comes in, but. Um, based on experience, obviously, it hasn't turned down well, turned out well because we're, we're back to square one. Um, but I think what United, the United fans need to play a major role in this and like being a little bit, um, they need to reduce their expectations in, in relation to, you know, what they're expecting from ETH this season. And I understand it's very tough to do that because, you know, we have our rival fans who are, or our rival teams who are, flying like Liverpool City um I expect Tottenham to you know be equally as good next season so when you see some of these happening you're like you know why can't United do that right so it brings that um nervousness and um impatience to okay we want this right now but I I don't think that's going to happen um I don't think of especially in this first season uh secondly 
I, I think from top to bottom, um, overall, the organization has done a terrible job. Um, and it starts off from Glazers to Ed Woodward, who I think has failed. Like, I don't understand how you can fail in a corporation for 10 years and you're still in the job. You know, it's, it's unheard of. Uh, it goes Let me back. ask this question. Like, do you, from the Glazer standpoint, I don't, th- I don't think Ed failed it, though. No. no what, I'm not even talking about Glazer's standpoint. Um, I'm talking, I, to be honest, I can't even answer that question because what is the Glazer's standpoint? Is it to make money? That, that's my point. Like, yeah. Like, I don't, I think that, I, again, I'm not, I think. No, I think, I think you failed. I think it, yeah, by any I, method. I think it's still failed. Failed. Yeah. I think it's failed. Because, because ultimately, the, the viability of your business for you to make money, your brand has to be strong. Exactly. The more your 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 team loses on the field, the more you weaken your brand. Right. If United was successful, whatever it is that you're making now, you can almost put a multiplier on it and say that you'll be making infinitely more, which means that you can get more. So maybe it hasn't been an abject failure, but I think the failure for me, even though they've been making money, it still comes down to the United brand is not nearly as strong as it's been. And over time, that matters. Like the the like we talk, we we're talking the other day about buying jerseys. None of us has bought jerseys in years, uh-huh. right? And it's it's partly because the product on the field is trash. So you're not inspired to even, you know, there's a certain level where certain fans are more likely to spend money than others. So those kind of things matter. So, I, yeah, I would tend to agree that um, it's it, it, Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think I, I kind of lost my train of thoughts there, Bob. Um, you were talking about, like, uh, the club has failed from Ed, from um, Glazers to Ed. I think you were going down, I don't know, a list or something. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. The, the club has failed on, on all aspects. And I think for that change to happen or for us to see that change... Um, it has to come from the top. And to be honest with you, I, 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 I can see like the, with these American owners, um, I suspect or I have a feeling they would be more committed if they actually sense success on the field. And if United, for example, starts winning, they win a trophy here, da, 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 it would give them the more um, foundation to actually support United going forward. So I, I think that, that kind of needs to happen. And that support from um, the Richard Arnolds, the John Morty or whatever is, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Those guys, they, yeah, Mota, they need to support Eric in his approach, in his decisions, in, in you know, the, the actions that he needs to take in relation to players to bring the club to where he feels, um, you know, the club needs to go to. And yeah, in, my, in the first season, I'm not really expecting much. I think it's going to be rough. I think it's going to be extremely rough because um, there's still some some players I think that you know are not up to standard and need to leave. So it depends on if we can get them out of the club. Um, luckily, there are some players that are out of contract that you know are forced to leave the club now. So, and that aspect is easy for them to just go. But then it depends on the players we bring in to to replace them. If we don't do anything in the transfer window again. You know, anything we say now in terms of oh, changes here or this and that, it all fails because, you know, we've not really supported the guy, right? So let's see how the transfer window goes. Um, let's see the direction the team or the, the club goes in relation to signing and outgoings. And then we can sit here in, again in August and 
give a better assessment of um, our predictions on how it's going to go in, in the first season. Well, I, I, I can like, tell you like that. The <laughs> yeah, I can tell you that I, I don't share your sentiments. First of all, I don't think United fans need to reduce our expectations because I think our expectations are low enough as it is. Like we are not even allowed to expect us to win the champion championship anymore, right? Like we don't actually think of, with the exception of you know Maestro over here, we don't actually think of winning the title anymore. So. It's like what what you know our baseline is Champions League at this point. Can we go lower than that? Is that what we're is that what we're saying? So no, no I don't I don't lower. want to we're in the conference. Well, why in the you, no conference? No, I know, but you're asking what the expectation should be like. So the question was about like based yeah. on this new hiring. Like yeah, like you guys said, Richard Arnold is is the guy in the position. He's been he's had a front row seat to see all the mistakes that Ed has made over the last few years. And I've been very encouraged by the way that he's gone about making these changes. Right. Like where we we seem to have hired like John Murta, we have Dan Fletcher, we've handed we uh hired old boy <laughs> old boy the other day deputy oh. uh, football director you know, and we're building a structure where there are actually football people in place and different things can be assigned to different people, right? We've gotten rid of our chief scouts, Lola, who was one of the best in football manager, but apparently not in real life. We've gotten rid of our other chief scouts. So, like, these are some of the people that went through 400 right backs to land on Wabasaka. You know, like, all those kind of mistakes that have been made. And then you see the tone that ETH is talking with when he comes in and he says... And I didn't realize this until, like, I was, you know, doing some research on ETH earlier on. Um, he was actually a technical director and a manager when he was in, in, in Holland, not for Ajax, but for the team before Ajax. So he has a clear idea. I think the thing I like about this new regime is that there seems to be a clear idea of the kinds of players and the direction that we need to go in, right? ETH has a clear idea on how he wants to play. That how is going to inform who we get. That who is then going to allow the scouting network to know who to focus on. That's going to then inform how we prioritize the money that we spend. What type of defenders are we looking so for? So from all the way down from John Mota to whoever is going to be in the scouting department to ETH, it's like, okay, I need a right back, but this is the kind of right back I need. These are the qualities I need in the right back that we get. So we are able to avoid situations like Anthony Marshall, situations like one. I want to be fair to one matter because he was good. So I don't want to use him as an example in terms of when I even talk about Marshall and some of these people I'm mentioning, it's more about just accumulating talents, but no discernible idea of how you're going to use that talent. Wambasaka is, is an example of that, right? Oh, he's a good tackler, he's a good defender, he can become a good player, but what are his strengths? Do they match what you actually need? And so I feel like this is the first time we've had like one direction in, in terms of that momentum is we will have a good way of judging the players that we see now. Like when we watch Rashford, when we watch Sancho, when we watch whoever our striker is going to be, our defenders, we now know how to hold them accountable. And I think that's what's been missing. Like we talk about people like Maguire for England, Lindelof for Sweden, Fred for Brazil. 
the reason why I think they shine in those positions is because they know their roles. They know this is what's expected of them. So that's where I'm optimistic. That's where I think that we're going to we're going to be better than we've been in the past. No, that that that's that's a good point. And again, like I said when I was giving my assessment, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope this is the change that we've all been waiting for. Because trust me, like it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun rooting for a club that is this bad. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, um, this brings us to the end of uh, end of this episode. Um, in the next couple coming weeks, we will be dropping a couple of more um, episodes where we go a little bit more in depth into how the season has gone. Uh, we will do one for the for the defenders, midfielders, and attackers, and then after that, depending on how much transfer we've done, we will do more about our transfer expectation on how the transfer window has come and gone. Um, even though the season is over, it doesn't mean the pot is over. Just wanted to put that out there for the fans um well, we're just heating up yeah again um thank you for listening please give us a follow on socials and what we'll forget do on twitter and instagram also rate review us you can do that on spotify as well five stars only anything less than five stars keep it to yourself you all know the vibe thank you peace <laughs>